You are listening to the Stronger Together Experience. My name is Dr. Matthew X. Joseph, and my goal is to meet with educators across the globe and learn from them, learn with them, because I believe being stronger together allows us to collaborate and support one another's growth. So join me in this episode and all episode to learn stories from educators in the field sharing their experiences to help us grow and become stronger together. Remember, when we work collaboratively, we take our story and make our path and journey one to learn from. So as we move through this and listen to our stories, remember, we over me will make us stronger together. We are back, back to back days. I am so excited to have two amazing authors, friends, educators with me the last two days. And I've been looking forward to this interview for a long time, a very long time. And I can't wait to have our next guest in. And and just a little bit about this guest. I, I actually had a chance to meet her first online through the walking edge. She was walking through the streets uh, of New York and posting a nice glamour shot like, hey, I'm out here in the streets walking. And we made a, a connection there that really budded into a, a friendship and now colleagues at a project that we're going to share about today. But we are going to be talking about Stronger Together, and she does a lot with that theme. And speaking of Stronger Together, thank you to our sponsors, Bulb and Swivel. Without your support and without your guidance, we wouldn't be able to have this opportunity to share other people's voices and to have books out that support educators. So Speaking of books out, I cannot wait to bring in our next guest, our author extraordinaire. Welcome to Stronger Together, Yuritza. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to get just into everything tonight. <laughs> I know, absolutely. We even got you know friends from outside of the country here watching and, and ready. Thanks for joining as always, Mel. I'm glad you like the countdown. We're, we're trying to keep up in the ante here. So I'd love for you to introduce yourself. I've had the great pleasure to know you for a few years, but our audience is just starting to get to know you. So take it away. So I'm Jadixa Vijalaba. I'm an assistant principal here in Brooklyn, New York. 
Um, most of the people that I know is from Twitter. Hi, people. Hi, Mel. Um, <laughs> um, and you might have known me as the host of the Flipper series, Akshirita. A lot of the work that I do is around culturally responsive teaching. I'm an advocate for Black and Brown students and for equity across the board. Awesome. So what, do, what is your role right now in public education or education? I'm, I say. I'm an assistant principal right now. Okay. In New York City? In Brooklyn, New York, yeah. In Brooklyn, okay. How have you liked that? How's that transition been? So it's been difficult because I'm a new AP during a pandemic, um, which means I'm wearing several hats. And um, I'm a new AP and my principal is out on maternity leave. Oh, so boy. it's like I'm the point person. Um, so it's like as I'm learning things due to trial and error, it's becoming a little bit more difficult to wear so many hats. Um, I think the expectations for me were just like so great that it's just like I'm scared to fail. So that's what I'm kind of dealing with now is just I'm afraid to make mistakes, which is not me. I, I'm usually like the <laughs> person that you make the mistake, you learn from it and you keep going. But once you're responsible for so many adults and kids, you know, you, you don't want to make a mistake. You can't really leave room for error. No. And so. I had a chance to 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 meet and, and then had a chance to work kind of collaboration on the, the mentor roundtable. And then I saw you do this this great activity with Flipgrid and, and and tell us a little bit about what this is. This was episode one, and I was actually looking at this and I see Carrie's name down there, who yeah. I just had a chance to interview yesterday and who we both know. Tell us about the Ask Uritsa project. So um prior to Flipgrid asking me to um you know, host a show, I did a lot of tweeting about equality, about equity, and just about resources that we can use in classrooms. Um, I have a nonprofit, YB Educational Resources Incorporated, where I would just like create things and then put it all into a Google Classroom for educators all okay. around the world to have access to. Um, after a while of just sharing these resources um, and being asked by Flipgrid to join the series, it was really important for me to not only had the conversation about the importance of culture responsive teaching, but just so that educators can understand that there's a difference between race and culture. And even though there's a connection, it's totally different. And it's important for us to really hone down on the cultural aspect in the classroom because our kids okay. are so diverse. Even if you had a, a class of just all white male students, they're technically different because they have different interests. Um, so that was just like, you know, the most important thing of the show, but also bringing on other educators, because I strongly believe educators are the experts. They're the ones in the classroom. So just bringing other educators onto the show so that they can share other tools and resources as well. So what have you learned from doing the show? You're, you're the host. You're the one that is answering questions. But what did you learn through that process as the host and answering questions? How have you grown as an educator through that? So I, I truly learned that life is a learning experience, right? And even though we may mark ourselves or give ourselves that label of expert, every <laughs> time you meet someone new, um, they're introducing you to a new way of thinking and a new way of doing things. Um, so with the first two episodes of the show, I was just like, yeah, I got this down pack. I know this. I did the research. And um, once I began to meet new people and interact more. Um, I learned that I'm really no expert. Like it's, it's, it's 
I'm learning, I'm learning the basics. I'm getting to understand what it really means to be, um, to create an equitable classroom. Living in Brooklyn and all of my kids are black and brown students, you tend to just have this one perspective of things, right? My kids need help. Most of them live in shelters. Most of them live in, in group homes. Um, most of them can't concentrate because they're hungry. And so in doing the show, I always had that one, that just that one-sided opinion and um, view of what education should be, which is to constantly help kids. Every episode I realized, okay, so what if a kid is not hungry and a kid is not in a shelter, then what else are the resources that they need in a classroom, right? So then yep. back to that first approach of you need an open-minded teacher. So there's some things that's just not material, right? You need to be open-minded. You need to be acceptable. You need to learn how to pronounce their names. You need to understand that um, not every kid learns the same. So a lot of the basic things that I believe they failed to actually teach us in these teacher preparation programs is what I learned in that show. Okay. And, and you keep evolving. I see you, you know, I keep an eye out. And when, when you were going through the Astritza and, and we were doing the mentor round table, and then your life changed again, you had a little baby girl, right? <laughs> and through that, you, I, I, I knew we reached, I reached out to you as X Factor publication was starting and it was like, Right when you posted, I felt bad. It was right when you posted, like, all right, everybody, I'm taking a break. And I'm like, ah, I got a question for you. I'm just going to ask. And we, we started to connect around there. And then you decided to take this new adventure and write a children's book. So tell us through that, from that phone call where I said to you, would you ever think about doing this to the concept of Mackenzie's Time Machine? So when I found that I was pregnant, um, as any other parent, it was very important that I had like the tools at home that I knew I wanted to like help with my pregnancy. Right. And one of those main tools was just books. Um, I took to Twitter as, as I always do. And I was just like, Hey, <laughs> Keelan, please send me some culture responsive books from, from Mackenzie. I'm expecting a girl. And I had like, I want to say I have 78 books that was sent to me. Wow. Okay. 78 children's books um, from all different cultures, um, all different variations of life. And throughout the pregnancy, I read each book. And, you know, just like an educator, you want to read the book before you introduce it to the kid because sure. kids will have questions, right? Um, but I never felt a connection with any of the books that was sent to me. And I thank okay. my feeling, you know, forever for sending me these books because even though... Um, I'm not using them right now. I'm going to still introduce them to Mackenzie. Mackenzie still has to, you know, know there's so many different things going on in different parts of the world. My biggest issue was how do I connect this to this baby who's <laughs> from Brooklyn, because she was right. born in Brooklyn, um, whose dad is Jamaican and whose mother's Panamanian. Okay. Um, and so I felt like there was no direct connection. Um, but I also knew that my experience as an educator, you know, that a lot of history is, is taken out of textbooks. Um, sure. and so I just, I wanted to create something that would reflect everything positive that I wanted my daughter to know about black and brown trailblazers. When you had asked me, um, you know, do I have a book in mind? And, and, and it was like, 
excuse my language, hell yeah. Right? <laughs> I um, knew you would. That's why I like, oh, I something's she's so creative. We got something here. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't the first time I thought about a book. It was the first time I thought about a children's book. Um, prior to that, I had a similar idea, but I was just like a coloring book because you think about social and emotional learning. You think about the fact that um, it's very therapeutic to color, which that's still on my mind. I still want to do a coloring book. So watch out, world. Um, we're going to get this done. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but once you asked, I was like, let's do it. Let's take this to the next level. But also in me writing this book for McKinsey, I'm just like, everyone can use this book as a learning experience for themselves and for their students as well. Yeah. And so we, we started off, we had the manuscript and then we went through, gosh, multiple kind of trial and errors with, with some illustrators. Yeah. And we finally settled on one. And what was your first reaction when, when you saw this? Little Mackenzie done how as you wanted with her little Jordans on and just looking. What was your first reaction? And and tell us a little about the illustrator. So my first reaction was that's reflective of a black girl from Brooklyn. Oh, um, right, perfect. That's what we were yeah. searching for. Yeah, it was it was important for me to pick an illustrator that would create this character that's reflective of what my daughter's actually going to look like. Um, you know, maybe her hair may not be in two puffs, um, but I know the Jordan, she's going to wear them. She has, <laughs> she's only six months. Um, and choosing Jen, I saw Jen's work and I was just like blown away. It was also important for me to choose someone who was already an educator because I wanted someone to feel that connection with um, just creating a story and illustrating a story that has a purpose. Um, I I think when we chose Jen, I tried to make it clear as many times as possible that this book was is going to live in the homes of people. This is a book <laughs> that I want you know folks to have for years to come. And so we have to be very intentional with the story that we're telling um, through illustrations as well. And so even, and I know you noticed in the manuscript, I just had so many descriptions as to what I wanted the illustrations to look like because I had to be very intentional. Yeah, and it, it, it's interesting. And, you know, this is my, my we launched X Factor Publishing and I've had two leadership series books from my, myself and then, and then Carl Hooker. So I put those together and built those. And this was just different. It was one, it was a real person. So it was Mackenzie. So we had to honor your daughter. Mm -hmm. And two, this was a story that was going to be shared and, and just impactful. So that was, that was critically important. So we, we, we have uh, an illustrator on board. We have the, the manuscript. And how did you feel the first time when you saw the book? Like what, <laughs> what, what were, what were your emotions? What were you thinking and really, we went through a lot of variations of Mackenzie. Yeah. But once we settled on it, that was the original book cover. And we're like, that's it. Yeah. Like, what was your thoughts? You saw this project come into life. Um, honestly, I think that, you know, I was so much on go mode. Like, it was like, we got the cover. Let's do this. Let's get this down. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I didn't give myself a chance to really feel how I was supposed to feel. I think it... I think it all sunk in once I like felt the book and I was just like, oh my God, it's here. <laughs> in the cover, I was like, yes, yes. Because if I'm a kid and I see this cover, it looks fun. 
It looks travel. Yeah. It looks like she's like afraid but surprised at the same time. Right. <laughs> and so it's like it, it got the message across to time traveling. Yeah, and, and and what I really liked about it, we won't tell too much about the books. It's packed with amazing stories. But what is the thought behind the time machine? Like, why it, it's not a space book? Mm -hmm. it, like, what is the purpose of it? There's a connection between the past and the present, and when we have conversations about race and when we have conversations about equity, there needs to be that correlation between the two, right? The past and the present. There's many trailblazers that we don't talk about and we don't talk about it because most of us don't know about them. Um, so it was really important for me to list people from the past who have just changed the United States. Or even, I, I believe I named some people that weren't trailblazers in the United States, no. but who have really changed the way we see the world. And then there's people who are doing the same thing today. And the difference between the two is everything is televised today. We have social media, right? So we get to see when Colin Kaepernick took that knee. You get, right. you get to see it. But before it wasn't as televised in a lot of um, the experiences that these black and brown trailblazers um, went through you don't really hear about it. Um, so it was important for me to make sure that that time machine is just a symbol of that connection between the past and the present. Um, and even though she's not like in the book going in and out and in and out and in and out, <laughs> it was important for people to understand that this is the beginning of her going back to make that connection with today. Yeah. And it was just a powerful, powerful book and, and message. And, you know, I'm getting emotional, like putting it together. I have these beautiful graphics and these words and i'm just like don't screw this up like how like i gotta i gotta get this right and and we did collaborate throughout it was really important to me that i'd send you like is this okay because it's obvious it's your story you're you're reading it to your daughter and, and and she at some point is gonna be able to read it and it's it has that level of impact and, and we want to get that right for for sure and i think just reading it had such um, a, a connection and a, and a learning experience for me as well. And now, so the book is out and now you're starting to get messages like this, like how amazing the book, like how does that make you feel when people are sending you messages about, wow, this is amazing. Like, how does that feel for you? I love it. Um, and I think it's not because they just love the book. It's because they're understanding the purpose of the book, right? So a lot of the educators who have like written, you know, a DM or send me a text message um, or even an email, the idea is they understand that I left out a lot of information in this book on purpose. And the idea is that the adults are supposed to do the work. <laughs> right. When, right. When I created the manuscript, I didn't let Mackenzie's dad read the manuscript. And okay. Once everything was like in print mode, I said, okay, babe, sit down, read this. And he was like, so who's this person? I said, Mackenzie's going to ask you that same question. And so now what you have to do is you have to look it up. I'm not going <laughs> to sit here and, and tell you who this person is. You have to look it up. So that way, when you read this story to your child, you know what to tell her. And he was like, you know what? I got it. Um, and so that's the message is, is just holding parents and, and teachers accountable for knowing this history. Um, a lot of the black and brown trailblazers in his book helped build America. They helped build America and yet we don't discuss them, right? We don't discuss people beyond Martin Luther King or Malcolm X or Rosa Parks. 
But there were people before Martin Luther King. There were people before Malcolm X. There were people before Rosa Parks. So how do we make that connection? But also, how do we amplify Black excellence, right? Black history mm -hmm. did not begin with the enslavement of Africans. It began way before that, right? Right. Black and brown people are responsible for a lot of things that we use today. So why are we not discussing it? No, and I think I was having a conversation today with uh, Christine Bemis. I think you know at least of her, and and she was saying just how how great she has it, and was like, I didn't, and she did. She was like mixed. She's like, I don't know if I should be embarrassed. I don't know a lot of these the the names of the book, but I spent the day looking them up, and I said, I, that's what the point is. You're a second grade teacher, and you're going to read this to your class. You want to know who these these individuals are, and I thought that was just great. Great feedback. So another piece I wanted to, to ask is that we're starting to get responses on Flipgrid. Tell us about the I Can Be. Like, how did that come about? I wanted the book to be interactive. Um, and even if it wasn't a coloring book, I still wanted to, you know, have kids color. Right. I didn't want to give that up. And so I decided to um, integrate the book with Flipgrid. And create a topic called I Can Be. And the idea is that students are able to draw and color um, whatever it is they want to be when they grow up and just share it to the Flipgrid. So, so far we have about 50 responses from children. Um, most yeah. of them, as I read those, well, as I've seen those responses, most of them are from California, which is great. And we just know the numbers are gonna keep growing. So what did I do? I Took it to Twitter as I always, do. <laughs> and I've asked my PLN to actually comment and make some um, inspirational responses. That way, oh, that's awesome. some form of interaction between the students and the adults. Right? It doesn't just stop with them posting the picture. Now it's how do we have those conversations? So if a student is saying they want to be a surgeon, then how are you going to inspire that that child or that student from California to actually be a surgeon? What kind of advice can you give? Yeah, and I think that's what I found really inspiring is it's a book about telling past stories, but it also is about empowering individuals because yeah. you're saying, you know, I can be, and, and the students or the, the kids were were saying that. And what was your kind of, I don't want to say hope, but what is your kind of desire to get from this project, the I Can Be project? So... In creating this book, um, you, you begin to realize that there's a lot of um, careers throughout history that Black and Brown people were not able to actually venture into, right? And yet they changed thought, they changed, um, you know, moved through movements, they tackled issues. And so I wanted kids to not only read the book, but to be able to know that you have this opportunity now in 2022 to be whatever it is that you want to be. Um, you know, the possibilities are endless. So if you can choose, what would you want to be? Because in the 1940s, in the 1920s, 1910s, 1800s, 1600s, <laughs> Africans and African-Americans didn't have that choice to say, I want to be this. Right. I aspire to be that. Um, so my hopes in this project is not only for kids to share, 
but for it to be a total interaction between children and adults, and even after the adults place comments, because I asked, I think I, this morning I said, if you could just comment on one or more, um, I still want it to be a way where we interact with those classrooms. So I'm not just going to start with the I Can Be um, project. What I'm going to do is actually I'm going to take out one page from the McKinsey's book and create another topic. And that oh, way to awesome. have that resource. Um, and then I'm working with a special company. I'm not going to share the surprise yet. <laughs> Big news um, coming soon. To, right. As to what the company is, but it's with an entire lesson plan for using McKinsey's time machine. Yeah. And, and it's just great. So if you haven't purchased the book yet, this is that page where you can look through and, and there's a whole page to the page to the right allows students to, to draw. I, I had a chance to, to, to view some of them today. I'm going to go back in. I wanted to see more before I start to make comments because it was inspiring. I heard from, from lawyer to doctor to welder and, and, and just all over the board of students starting to think of ways for them to feel empowered. Mm -hmm. and, and Mackenzie continues to adapt because now she has her own Twitter handle, right? She's got a page out there. So what, what, uh, what inspired you to do that? I'm going to throw the uh, Twitter handle in. Check out at M underscore time underscore machine. So tell us what that's about. So I knew that um, I wanted to create resources to teach McKinsey's time machine. Um, and so with Twitter, you know, I'm always posing questions on Twitter. I'm always sharing resources. And so I wanted a separate space for me to share McKinsey's time machine resources. So in regards to lesson plans, in regards to activities, but also if a person or a teacher has questions that's related directly to the book, you can post it or you can share it with me and you can tag me in it. And then I'll literally just answer that directly from that page. So there's an ongoing conversation. Um, so it's just my way of saying, here's a space for you to ask whatever kind of questions you want, um, especially the ones that's geared to the book. No, that's awesome. And I'm just proud to be a part of this. I'm proud to know you as a friend and then collaborate in this capacity. It's just, it's just wonderful. So make sure to, if you hadn't had a chance yet, make sure to, to grab that. It's up on, on Amazon now, and we're going to continue to promote it. And it's just going to keep growing and growing with the, the work that you're doing, the work on, on Flipgrid, and then some point, some special announcement I can't wait for as well. And as we, I, as we wrap up, one of the things I asked all of our guess about is when I say stronger together to you, what does that mean? Connections. Um, a lot of the work that I'm doing now, I wouldn't have had the platform to do it without making authentic connections and not being afraid to just share. Um, when you're not on social media and you don't have that support, like I have a great PLN, um, you know, it's, they're educators, uh, you know, they're speakers, they're, they're ed tech specialists, you name it. I had them as friends, especially on Twitter. And the idea is these are the people who support me most. And that's through just connecting. That's through asking authentic questions. That's through listening, right? So it's not just about sharing, but it's also being that listening air and knowing that every single moment is a teachable and learning moment. Awesome. Well, thank you for taking time out of your, your busy day, uh, author, mother, educator. You got so much going on. So thank you so much. And we look forward to seeing you continue to shine, continue to share and be part of our professional learning network. And we have many viewers. I was just checking on Facebook. 
um, many on Facebook leaving comments too. So I'm excited to, to check all those out. So thank you again, Yuritsa, for, for coming tonight, for trusting me with this amazing project and continuing to collaborate. Thank you for having me. And thank you guys for joining in. Don't forget to follow myself or the McKenzie's page and look out for some more resources. Awesome. And for all our viewers out there, thank you for continuing to tune in, continuing to support, and remember to stay stronger together because we can accomplish more when we put we over me. It is such a pleasure and honor to learn from educators around the globe. Make sure to continue to tune in to our audio podcast and check out our video podcast by visiting xfactor.link slash experience. I would love to hear your story and share with other educators around the globe.